This is Not Another Church Podcast with your host, Pastor Tom. All right, let's go ahead and get started. I want to welcome everybody to Not Another Church Podcast, and uh, we're going to continue the conversation about child rearing. And last week, uh, Donna and Brian talked about, and I talked about um, the baby years, and so today we um, are going to be talking about the toddler years, and so we, we brought in some special guests. Uh, one of the special guests is Ann Harrison, my wife, who has raised five toddlers. Ann, say, you, you, have to, you have to speak. <laughs> okay, I will. So don't be that person who looks at me and shakes your head. I'm happy to be here. And we yes. have Allison Barkley. Now, t- tell me your kids' names and ages. Okay, I have four. I have Avery, who is 10. Then I have Ansley. She is four. And I have twins that are Asher and Ann Reese, and they are three. So the twins and Ansley, they are 13 months apart. So we're you are living toddler yes, world. So I we have we have an expert guest. That's yes, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I am in the thick of it right now. So um, I think one of the things about the toddler years that's hard as we get started is this uh, book of Psalms calls children a gift from the Lord. And all of a sudden, these precious little babies that just sat there in the crib and cooed uh, and, and were so sweet, and they really didn't do a whole lot other than sleep and poop, now all of a, all of a sudden become spawned from hell. And <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't know if it's that bad. Well, some days maybe, but not that bad. (laughs) I'll say that this is actually probably my favorite stage. I mean, I love a good toddler. I mean, a bad toddler even. Um, (laughs) I do. I love toddlers. Well, uh, they clearly they get into everything. We've even in our society have the term baby proofing a house. Yes, they get Mm -hmm. into everything. Everything. Uh, They, in fact. It amazed me the way that our toddlers could get into things. I, I will never forget William at about two. Uh, Emily and Molly had a fish tank that had these goldfish that were bigger than the bowl, and it was on top of a, a chest of drawers that was about my chest height. And he had pulled the drawers out in a perfect stair-step pattern so that he could walk <laughs> up to the top. And I walked in, and he has his arm in the fish bowl chasing fish <laughs> around. <laughs> And when I'm like, William, what are you doing? And he looks at me like, what? What? What's the problem? Don't don't we do this every day? And so just just the ingenuity, the very fact that they're they're humans, so they have intelligence. They're humans, so they're wicked. They want to do what they want to do. All of that complication and uh, the fact that now they have their own will. Yes. You know, as babies, you yes. pick them up and put them where they want to go, and they just they just ride, right? You put them in their pumpkin, they, they're in the car, they're, they maybe they're crying, but, but now all of a sudden, uh, I would say each one of our five children, in the top ten words that were their first words was no. Yeah, no. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So, For sure. Okay, so we've set the stage. We're going to talk about toddlers, and the purpose of this podcast is to help parents who are there now Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that Ann and I can bring to the table, it doesn't last forever. It yes. will end. Um, <laughs> and I'm here to tell you, it feels like it's going to last forever. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've already started with a, a William story. So tell us one of our, your funny uh, oh, toddler stories. Oh, my stars. There are so many. Um, just the fact that I have the three that are so close together, they are into something together all 
the time. You know, the I mean, there are some great days, you know, that when they're sweet, oh my goodness, they're sweet. Like, well, a funny thing was the other day, I don't know why I've never bought these, but you know, I had went into Dollar General before, you know, I had surgery the other day and I went in to prepare for to be down right. for the count for a few time for a few days and I bought, I came across, you know, the big jug of cheese balls. And I don't know why I've never bought oh, them. Oh, I love we those. Love uh, those. We got them at Sam's, yes. like the massive well, thing. Y'all have never bought them. And so yeah. I thought, oh, and, awesome. and I love them. My kids like them because I've had, I mean, they've had them at church. They've had them at friends' houses, you know, things like that. But I've just never bought a big jug. Well, I thought, oh, this will be a treat because, you know, a new snack is like a big deal. So I put them in the pantry. And um, the other day, this was before my surgery. I'm actually. literally salivating. Right? <laughs> you didn't bring well, any for Tom? I know, right? <laughs> On the way home, we're stopping by Dollar General. <laughs> Well, it was funny because I was digging through trying to find him a snack, and I thought, oh, I forgot I bought these. So I pulled out the big jug, and I was like, hey, guys, you know, I got you a surprise. And I pulled it out, and I was like, look what I got. And, y'all, they were jumping up and down. They were so excited, you would have thought. It was Christmas morning, so excited that Asher and Ann Reese ran up to each other hugged and gave each other a big old kiss on the mouth. They were so excited <laughs> over these cheese balls. And of course, I was like, oh my goodness, my babies, they're so sweet, you know. But then it could be like five minutes later and they're ready to rip each other's heads off just over somebody taking a book. Mine. That they had had and put down three seconds before that they had no interest in, but yet they were playing with it, you right. know, an hour ago and then the other one had grabbed it. So there's a sweet, sweet, sweet moments, but then you know, all you know what can break loose over yeah. Or something so simple as a book or a toy or, you know, just somebody or, or what we could, you know, they all always, that was my spot. That was my spot. If yeah. somebody sits down in their seat on, you know, now keep in mind, we have a huge sectional and a recliner sitting in our living room, but there's always, mm -hmm. that's my spot. There's well, my I hate spot. to tell you yeah, this, I was gonna but say the same thing. <laughs> William is 18. He sits in that yeah. section over there that we made the mask-only section. Yes. And all of his buddies have moved to the next section, and there's my son with his mask on. He's not moving. That's my seat, Mama. <laughs> That's my I've spot. been sitting in that seat for years. I'm like, son, you know. <laughs> I love it. Are you an old man? What's wrong with it. you? Oh, yes. Well, that story, I'm sorry. Oh, that oh, story, ahead. I thought you were going to end it with they dumped all the cheese balls out and oh, there no, was I'm orange sure, all over your house. Oh, I'm sure it's coming. I mean, like, there's been <laughs> situations like that. There has been, um, not long ago, I had walked out of the room for not five minutes, and when I came back in, they had come up and found, somehow found just the classic writing on the walls. You know, in our foyer, they had found some crayons and just took it upon themselves to just draw us some art right there, right when you walk in our house. And we had a little artwork here and there, and I was still y'all. I was still finding like little pieces of art in the hallway, like a week later, where they had drawn something. And I was like, "How did I miss this?" And then another week later, here was another spot, and they had all done it at that on that one day. But they had just there's so many of them. Sometimes it's hard to keep up with, you know, all the things that they get into at one time. And the Bible says in Romans chapter three that there's none righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. They've all turned aside. Together they've become worthless. No one does good. No, not one. So that is the human condition, and that is what they're brought. In fact, in Islamic theology, they teach that, that babies, when they're born, are perfect and that, that sin is learned behavior. And I don't know how anyone who has reared children can believe that because yeah. they kids will... Uh, immediately try to exert their will at such a young age oh, yeah. and and deceive, lie. I, I, there, you know, hundreds of stories of you know 
Ian's making a birthday cake for one kid, and she leaves the room and comes back, and there's a big handful missing. <laughs> and I have a funny story about Ainsley and, with that one. And and she's like looking at this child who's covered in chocolate. Mm-hmm. Did did you eat the cake? No, no. I, <laughs> I, I was just over here praying for you, mom. <laughs> Are you sure you didn't eat the cake? Because there's chocolate all over the child. No. Why would you accuse me of this thing? Why? Why yeah. would you do this? And so. At an early age, we, we see sin and sin's tendencies, which leads us to parenting. One of the things that we have got to do as parents is begin the process of teaching them that there are authorities in their life that have the right to say, nope, you're not going to act that way. Because if we as parents don't instill that, then they're not going to follow after God when he says, you can't do this or you can't do that. So I think that it's really important as parents, and it's it's before you have kids, you hear that and you go, oh, yeah, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll, t- I'll do that. It's so much easier just to ignore it. Yes, mm-hmm. it, it is. is. I think oh, part, a big part of parenting that I didn't realize before we had children was that it's like, me having self-control, me mm-hmm. doing these, like, you know, you get tired. Oh, my like, goodness. Like, you're like, never. don't mm-hmm. do that. Don't do that. Stop doing that. Be nice to your yes. sister. Be not. And then by 4 o'clock, you're like, oh, my goodness. That was you know, what I was And you've got to have that day. self-control to continue to train them mm-hmm. instead of going, forget it. I'm just going to walk away and ignore it. That's exactly what I was telling mom the other day. And see, y'all have got five. We've got four. And I told mother, I said, it feels like I'm just constantly from the second I get up until the second I go to bed. I, and I want to pick and choose my battles. You know, you right. hear that saying, you pick and choose your battles. Because I feel like if I don't, you know, I'm, I'm constantly, no, don't do this. No, don't hit him. No, don't say that. No, don't, you know, right. no, 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 constantly all day long. Because I have four kids. And right. if one's not doing something, it's another one. and then Or it's the other one. Or it's the other one. Yeah. Or it's the other one. So I'm every time I turn around, I'm, I'm going to be yelling <laughs> Or no, 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 and it's all day long, all day long. But then if Mm -hmm. I pick and choose that, somebody's getting, I'm turning the blind eye on something. It's something that you have to remind yourself that it's a stage. Right. You know, that in those those baby, well, not really baby, but as they begin to be toddlers Mm -hmm. and then they get, like, when towards kindergarten-ish and first grade, those years are foundational years where you're building a foundation and you're instilling in them how to act, how not to act, how to love, how to be kind, how to be routines, behaviors, Mm -hmm. like, you know, training them on right and wrong and how to do things and how to have routines and those kinds of things. And so that's your foundation. And that part is very difficult on mom and dad because it's exhausting and it is you are doing it from the minute you get up to the the minute you go go to bed bed because once they go to bed you try to get it in the bed and then they come and wake you up exactly you know (laughs) mama can I have a glass of water exactly exactly but those are the foundation that's the foundation it's only a season you're going to move into another season, as you know. Right, with Avery. With mm-hmm. Avery, you've already seen that. It's gotten you know, a lot easier. And you're mm-hmm. going to get let up for air a little bit. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's, I think one of the, the, the cures for that feeling like, oh, my gosh, I'm so tired of this, is, is not necessarily turning a blind eye to things, but keeping things into, in perspective. Mm-hmm. And through our life, God's always brought people in, into our lives where um, – I remember one time Emily uh, carved the name of a dog 
uh, on a <laughs> on a piece of furniture of all things. I know. <laughs> and it, you know, I'm don't you livid. wish it was a Bible verse or yeah, something? Right. Nothing. No. It's a dog. It's a dog. <laughs> no, it's a dog's name. Uh, and so I was livid because in in my mind, you know, this is destructive, and and it needed to be dealt with. She right. definitely needed to be punished. But we had uh, some friends in uh, when we were on the mission field who actually said, "Well, that someday you would you'll cherish where that carving is," right. and. That's just part of that piece of furniture's life that it, it, that happened, mm-hmm. and so that kind of perspective. And for me, that was put into perspective. Uh, and I don't think that they would mind. We have a family here at North Glencoe who uh, lost a son at uh, sixteen, and a few years after he passed, they were moving some furniture in their house, and they found behind the couch where Hunter had drawn on the wall. And he had actually moved the furniture to to hide, to cover it up. up. And when they found it in that phase of their life, it was precious, Mm -hmm. and they actually framed it or put a frame around it. I was about to say Mm. that would have been something that I would have wanted to do. That's perfect. I would have been just in tears. Oh, a mess. So keeping perspective. Certainly we we, we correct our kids. It's important for us to teach our children. Uh, We don't let them be wantonly destructive. but we we have to keep in perspective what we said last week, what, which is the days are long, but the years are short, mm-hmm. that all of this is soon going to pass. And um, now that doesn't help you if you're, you're a mom or you're a dad and it's 930 at night and you're sitting there. I, I remember it seems like the years of laying in the bed with a child. Uh-huh. Trying to be perfectly still. Yes. Mm-hmm. And sneak out of the room. Oh, yeah. Basically, like rolling yourself at one <laughs> point know. in time. Yes. Rolling out of the room, and, trying and to keep then the they floor cry. from cracking. Yes. Like you think you're out of the room, and then they're like, Mama. Mama. And you're like, mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, you can, we know the exact, y'all, we know the exact spots on our floor that creep. So you don't right. step on those spots. You have a marked with Remember tape. those <laughs> when they're teenagers. I know, right? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes. And, and it's if like you, a minefield. You know, you don't step on those little. If you ever get behind in your prayer life, those dark nights, oh, Lord, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, let them sleep. I know. Yes. I know. But it's interesting because when you're in the middle of that, like I remember being in that and just being so tired and so, and I loved it. I loved every minute of them being little. Like I loved it. Oh, yeah. I loved carrying them around. I loved playing with them. Yes. I loved reading to them at night. I loved I even loved going to the grocery store with them. I was mm-hmm. the crazy woman who had all these kids hanging out of the buggy. Oh, yeah. People you know? asking questions. And yeah, yeah people are like, all yours? you can are say you yours? love it. Yes. Okay, yes. I'm going to I'm going to have to have to throw a flag here because no, <laughs> you're not I remember them. the complaints and I remember you threatening to get a t-shirt printed up that said Yes, I know how many. Yes, I know what causes this. <laughs> yes, those are all the questions that the kids get. That's right. Yes, they're all mine. We look yes. back and we love it. But, hey, there's time. there are those days, though, where, you know, you're tired and you don't like it so much. It is. It is. True. True. But for the most part, it's pretty it's fond fun. memories. Mm-hmm. And I love that, you know, they could go and play with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I liked having them close together and everything. It was very different when we had Ruthie because she was so much farther away in age right. than the others. It was it was weird, um, but it was a different raising for her, I guess. But um, what I was what was I going to say? What were I'm, see? I've lost my train of thought now. We got off on that. Yeah, we were talking um, about the grocery store. You liked, you liked it, taking them to which the is no, it was before uh, that. People, um, that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a choice. You were always at work. 
and a lot of times out of town. And so I didn't really, and we didn't have grandparents nearby. My mom's in Virginia, and Tom's parents were here. And we, when our kids were little, mostly lived in Coleman, so they were an hour away. So we didn't, I didn't, I didn't have any choices. You were on your own. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was on my own. Um, But I don't know, I'll come back to it. You liked having them little. You liked having... Um, Yes, but I will say that you've got to be intentional with what you do in those little years because you truly are sowing what you're about to reap. Right. You know, and once they get into those older years, those teenage years, now middle school... It's bad for everybody. Let's right. just put it that right, way. We're going to have a whole podcast on middle school years. So <laughs> but I'm just saying that I'm when they're little. That, I'm going to have to record that and keep that one saved on my phone. Right. I think it's in middle school years because Avery's hitting that one. So. Yeah. It's just, I'm just trying to say it's important it, it to is. really do a lot of um, intentional parenting right. and really think through what are you aiming for? What are your ki- what, what do you want? What character qualities maybe mm-hmm. you want in your kids when they get older? Um, and that, that really is important because people forget that they're literally creating what that child is going to be when right. they're a teenager. And see, that's what I worry about because then I think to myself sometimes, you know, I feel like all I do with me having so many little ones and having to discipline all day long because I have two three-year-olds and one four-year-old that are into things all day long, right. whether they're fighting with each other, whether they're into something, whether they're, you know, most of the time they're just fussing a lot of the time because they're they're little, you know. Right. They and one has, has taken a toy from the other one, you know, mm-hmm. and um, or they've taken a bite of the other one's snack or they're sitting in the other one's spot, you know. Some I of feel those like cheesy of, poofs have been yeah, stolen. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm yelling the majority of the day, and I try not to yell, but it ends up turning into yells is what I feel like I do sometimes. And I wonder, you know, am I setting them up to be that type of person that just yells all the time? Because I don't want that to be the case. Right. You know, and that's what worries me. But I think you've thought of that. Right. You know, and you can't kill yourself with the mommy guilt. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it turns into mommy guilt. Exactly. I I think that happens. I mean, you know, and obviously you you think about it. You try Mm -hmm. not to do that. But at the same time, you know. They need to listen to exactly. You. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And sometimes that's the only way you can get them to when they're yeah. yelling as loud as they can. But y'all, it's so fun too because now you know I've seen them from where they're babies, especially the twins. You know, everybody. Mm-hmm. Oh, a twin has this. You know, twins have yeah. these special bonds. You know, they're fraternal. We've got boy girl twins, and um, they still have a sweet bond. You know, they still mm-hmm. love each other and play together. Um, but. From babies, obviously, as babies, they don't play together. You know, they right. just lay there and look at each other most of the time. But now that they're older and toddlers, they really do just connect. And they play together and they, you know, they'll look at each other and they'll say, you're my best friend, and Reese, you're my best friend. Or <laughs> you're sweet. my best friend, Reese, that's what he calls her. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she'll say, you're my best friend, Ashel. You're, and he'll say, you're all my best friends. And that's how he'll <laughs> say it. <laughs> and he'll go through, all, you know, Avery and Ansley and he'll call everybody out, you know, and they're so sweet. They'll play together so good. Um, now I'm losing my train of thought, but um, it's fun watching them now interact together right. and play together um, there was, I was going somewhere with that, and I'm like, you know, I've lost my train of thought now. See, and so parenting does, <laughs> statistically, it's been proven that for every child you lose, like, <laughs> like 30 IQ oh, points. So me and totally. Allison, we're we got there. nothing. Yeah, we have yeah. nothing. We're there. We're, you have to help us out. <laughs> we have, we've forgotten it all. <laughs> so, and I think, too, it's important to, as a way to fight that feeling of all I'm doing is yelling at my kids, is to be proactive in making sure that you have... Qu- 
things planned for them to do. I'm not saying that you, right. you're you're a substitute teacher all day, but you do things with them, and it's not just free range. Exactly. Right. Schedules. And I will say too, you know, I've always been. Oh my goodness, I'm like. Y'all, I'm like the schedule routine Nazi, I mean, to the extent where it's annoying. And I always have been, even as newborns, you know, we wrote, we, uh, I was listening to y'all's podcast from last week and, you know, Donna was talking about routines and how she would, um, you know, everything revolves around that nap time when they're babies and oh, things gosh. like that, you know, and that's how I was, you know, if we went anywhere, we had to be home like 20 yeah. minutes before nap time so I could make sure they had a diaper change and, you know, we would calm down. I mean, everything revol- revolved around those nap times. Um, and I remember on Sundays and it still is, you know, Sundays were the worst day of the week because your nap times were off. You know, your mm-hmm. whole routine is off on Sundays because it was church day. Right. You know, so they were always ill on church days. And especially in our case, because, you know, I've always either sang in the choir or on the praise team or praise band. So we were always here really early, yeah. you know, and then either we would come back later or we would be here on. And then Wednesdays were always rough because we would stay later on, mm-hmm. you know, for choir. So they would church. go down for, I know, <laughs> always throw the kink in everything, you know. But, you know, it was all, those yeah. were the two days that their routines were so totally off. But Sundays were always terrible because their naps were Thrown. And that you know, lunch they would never eat anything because you're trying to keep you know they'll eat yeah. snack during church. I was going to say the yeah. reason they're not eating anything at lunch because all the old men have given them candy, candy. all yes. day, yes. goldfish in the nursery. Um, yeah. But I'm such a routine Nazi, and now that um, you know I've been homeschooling the kids, I chose to homeschool this year, and so I've got Avery that I'm homeschooling, and Ansley was supposed to start preschool, and I chose to do preschool with her at home, mm-hmm. and so now like the first half of our day is totally devoted to school and so um i will say which we've always been we've we're still routined even though i mean they still take a nap avery doesn't you know but the babies do um and we still wrote everything revolves around that afternoon nap even for the toddlers but um the mornings now that we're doing now that it's even more so structured Mm -hmm. Our days have gotten a lot easier just from that because they expect to do, mommy, we do school today. Yeah. We do school today. And they know, you know, and it's funny because we start with like a calendar time. And they'll say, and so we'll go, I don't like calendar. Do we have to do calendar today? For some <laughs> reason, she hates to do calendar, you know. And mm-hmm. um, But I mean, like it's that routine, but they know that's what they do. You know, that's what we're supposed to do. They know they practice writing their name, you know, and that's right. what comes next. And it's just so amazing that sense of security and how mm-hmm. much better the day goes and right. how much happier they are the less fighting they have because they're more entertained I have things for them to do things that were planned out things you know we have a snack and we even did this though before we started school their snack time in the mornings was at 10 o'clock every day and they know that that's when it's snack time and it's just like clockwork you know um there's so much things do go a lot better when you have things planned for them to do and they have something to do for themselves one thing that Tom and I talked about before today when we came here was that we knew you're staying home. Mm-hmm. I stayed home for a long time. Obviously, I don't anymore. My kids are older. but um, And so um, we also didn't want to leave out those mamas that are working. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that those of uh, the, the moms that are working all day, trying to get the kids out the door in the morning, they're coming home, they're tired, the kids are tired, they've got dinner, mm-hmm. they've got baths, they've got homework, they've got all the things. 
I think that, you know, they've really got it tough. Oh, yeah. But I think that a lot of this stuff kind of translates anyway, because I think if you're able to be disciplined enough to have some sort of schedule, and most people have to. Oh, yeah. You know, you've got to, then that kind of helps um, with the routine, with the kids, mm -hmm. with your own sanity, and it gives you some quality time with your kids, even though, you know, it may look a little bit different. You know, I can remember when, you know, I didn't start staying home with the kids until I had the twins. Yeah. Um, I was still teaching up and I was pregnant with the twins. So my last year of teaching was right until was the May before I had the mm -hmm. twins in July. Um, and I can remember my mother kept Ansley for me while I taught because Ansley was on, wasn't even a year old yet. And um, I can remember I would go and pick Ansley up. And it's something about, I don't know if y'all's kids were this way, but there's something about that stretch from, I would say, about 4 or 5 o'clock to bedtime where my kids, it's been all of my kids. I don't know if your kids were like that, but it's just like their whole temperament changes. I don't know if it's just they know bedtime's coming or if they're hungry because it's almost supper time, but it just seemed like it didn't matter if they had a good nap or a bad nap. It just seemed like they weren't as happy. Yeah, as the now, rest I'm of the day. I'm not happy from seven yeah, o'clock at right. night. Until <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I can remember going to pick Ansley up for moms, or Sean would go and pick up, you know, Ansley for moms, and then we would come home, and I would fix our supper. It was always a you know, a rush to fix supper, do homework with Avery. Right. Um, and I remember Ansley would just be so ill, you know, yeah. up until bedtime, and I can remember calling mom, and I would think, I only get her, you know, I would be crying. I only get her for a good four hours out of the day, and you know, two of those hours she's screaming. I just don't understand you know and that was always one of the biggest struggles because I just felt like you know my time with her was always the rushed time you know right. I'm rushing to get her ready and out the door because I have to be at work and then when I come in I'm having to do homework with the oldest one I'm having to fix our supper and I'm having to bathe her and I, there's never any just downtime to where I can sit and enjoy my child right you know because I've got to make sure I get her in the bed because we've got to get up and start all over Right. In the morning. So I'm sure that's a struggle for some I'm of sure. the working moms. I think that maybe their best bet is the weekends. The weekends. Well, just and, hanging and in there till that weekend. Recognizing that. So, yes, everything's here. I'm scared of you. Pick, you pick the kids up after work. You get home. You got you make supper. And then immediately after supper, especially if the older kids are going to sports and dad's oh, going yeah, to sports. Oh, yeah, that was before that started for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you've got people coming and going just live where you are right I, and and I, I'm preaching to myself here this is one of the things that that I've really struggled with that I, that the Holy Spirit convicted me of is that stop thinking about we've got to get this done so that this next thing mm -hmm. can happen and focus on the fact that right now right now you're sitting there with your child they may be in, in a, a seat while you're cooking but that's your opportunity to, to try to talk to them to have because sometimes you can have a really fascinating, silly conversation with a child to really get an idea. And it's those moments while you're sitting there making supper and they're they're eating a snack where you can talk, you can communicate, you can get to know them. And it's hard. It's, it would be so hard to to only have those hours because I right. remember mm -hmm. oh, yeah. we had two kids in particular, and I won't say their names to embarrass them. Uh, but if you want to know, just call me at the church, I'll tell you. Um, but it seemed like from the moment we finished supper until they went to sleep, it was a battle. Mm -hmm. It was like a constant. It was like get in the bathtub, get in the bathtub now. I mean, seriously, get in the bathtub. Then they would get yes. out of the bathtub. Did you not bathe? I well, still that was see. when they got a little bit older. 
you're getting out of the toddler years. Oh, that's true. That's right. Because yeah. toddler years, I was helping them. Uh, we were playing in the bathtub for hours on end. Right. Yeah, that's right. Well, that was the only time. That was kind of like Ansley. That was the only time Ansley was ever happy when those in that time, like the baby years, I guess yeah. I should say, was when she was in the bathtub. Well, you hey, know, then from have those that long bath, exactly. bathtub yeah, toys. And, would have, I mean. and we had we had some serious bathtub toys. I'm into the oh, bathtub yeah. toys, yeah. yeah. And Ann's mom had gotten us the um, the colors that you could color on the bathtub mm-hmm. with. Yes. We had, uh, we had Naked Baby. Yeah, we had a baby that we called Naked Baby because she was like a rubber baby. <laughs> and she was always in the bathtub, right? right. And mm-hmm. so what the girls did, because we've got four girls, right? right? So what they didn't know was that every so often I would go to Walmart and Tom would keep the kids and I'd buy a new naked, naked baby, baby and I'd take all her clothes off and, put her, and then there. put her in there and take the other one and go sneak her in the trash can because it would because get all moldy inside yes. 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 yes naked baby was rubber and you could suck water up in her by squeezing her and then make her spit across the so bathroom. we've had a bunch of naked babies that's hilarious the things we do y'all the things we do to keep these kids happy I know I know. Um, they they know, were shocked to find that out. That's <laughs> so true, though, as you were saying, those little times. I need to do a better job of, like, living in, in that moment because I'm the world's worst of thinking, trying to think too far ahead of what's, right. you know, I, oh, I'm such a planner. I'm, that's it, It's a good quality to have, but, oh, my goodness, yeah, it can be such a downfall because, and I know Sean will. <laughs> Sean will back me up and say, yes, it's a downfall because yeah. I can nearly drive him crazy going, okay, we've got to get this together, this together, you know, yeah. um, because I have to have everything planned out and I need to do such a better job of just living in that moment. Um, and, you know, the th- like you said, some of the best conversations and little talks you can have are with your kids. And those are the kind of things that your kids will remember or those little right. spur of the moment. Those just those little things like they're not all the kids had gotten in the bed. And I don't know why I was craving a milkshake. I wanted a milkshake. It was right after my surgery. I wanted a milkshake so bad. We did not have any kind of ice cream in the house. We had no, we're big bluebell eaters, and we had not one thing of bluebell in our house. This episode is brought to you by the fine folks of bluebell. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Sean went and got Avery, and she said, Well, I've already already had my shower. She said, I'm in my pajamas. And he said, Well, just come on, let's go. You don't have to even get out of the car. And he threw in the car, and they drove up to the Hoax Bluff Sonic and got her a milkshake. And it it was like nine o'clock at night, you know. And of course, but that's the things that she'll look back on. Yeah. And it was just her and her daddy. They drove up to Sonic, got a milkshake. She was in her pajamas, yeah. and they drove home. Kids you know, love and that stuff. yeah, that's the kind of stuff you think about. You and, know, and and I, that brings actually the next point in my notes, which is one of our primary jobs at this time is to build memories in your kids' lives. Right. And uh, it, to me, it's funny how uh, now that my kids are are older, the things that are important and special memories to them. So mm-hmm. we we have a thing that we do every every year on Christmas Eve that uh, we get in the car and uh, we always ha- we have to have our pajamas on, much to Anne's chagrin because she's yeah. like, what if we have a flat tire? <laughs> so we, I have a struggle with that. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't want to be caught be on the side of the road together. in my pajamas. Mm-hmm. You know? So oh, yeah. we, we wear pajamas, <laughs> we eat popcorn, have hot chocolate, and we just drive around and look at tacky lights. Right. And I mean, we used to do that when I was a kid. There's we not as many looking. anymore. No, we would drive up Keysburg. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Do y'all remember when Keysburg Road was like the place mm-hmm. To go. There's I mean, still a couple cool houses. Right. Yeah, they had the music going. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. We love it. So, uh, how that came about was just, you know, we, like you said, the kids had already gotten ready for bed. We, mm-hmm. we figured they would fall asleep in the car, so they were in their PJs. And and now that they're in their 20s, they sti- still, we'll it's an it. important we thing to them. We still do it. We yeah. still oh, do yeah. it. So, th- Molly comes 
comes back from Jacksonville. The kids all pile in the car in their pajamas, and you know they fight with each other. You got more popcorn than I do, <laughs> just like they did when they were little. We have to have more. Well, popcorn. it wouldn't be the same if they didn't do it. You'd probably miss it if you didn't hear the fighting over the popcorn. And so those little things that that as adults we think are just silly, those are That's everything to out. a kid. Because think about when you were a kid that. That's the special times, the times when you pretended to still be asleep so your dad would carry you into the house. That, right. those, those moments, right. your job as a parent is to discipline your child, to rear them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, of course, but also to create in them happiness and joy and fond memories and your, so that your kids can look back on their childhood with a, with a smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that brings me to a point that we were talking about offline here about being intentional about things right. and thinking about that. So, like, with the traditions, some of them, we, like, just kind of sat down and we're like, okay, we need to do some some special stuff every right. year, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so we kind of thought through it. You don't always have to do that. Sometimes they come about. Right. But another thing that we did, I think we did this before we had children, actually. Um, we were married almost six years before we had Emily, mm-hmm. um, so we had plenty of time to talk about it. Right. But um, <laughs> we talked about um, kind of what, you know, not what we wanted our children to be as far as an astronaut and a doctor and whatever, but just kind of like, what are we aiming for here? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't aim for something, you're not going to hit it. No, no you and are going to so, hit it. If you aim for nothing, you're guaranteed to hit it. So we kind of came up with some foundational things that we thought like, okay, they're going to they're gonna be born and they're going to be cute, but let's not just wing it the whole time right. for the next 18 years. And so we thought about... Not what they wanted to be as far as, like I said, with like a job. We let them discover what they were good at. We let them try out a lot of mm-hmm. things and whatever they were good at. Then we pursued those. Right. You know, obviously Molly's a musician and a right. singer. And we tried that with Emily and it wasn't her thing, you know. And there's each child has their own Little gifts niche. that mm-hmm. God has given them. So you got to help them find that. But we did think about, okay. When our kids are grown, we want to be friends with them. We want to be love them and want to be around them. And as they're growing up, we want to be able to enjoy them. Mm-hmm. And so we want to make sure that we, we teach them discipline. We want them to be pleasant. We want them to be polite. We want them to treat other people kindly. Um, you know, we want them to know and love the Lord. Mm-hmm. And we realize that's a personal decision, right. but we want to create an environment to where they have every opportunity exactly. to make that decision, which you can't just willy-nilly do. Like, you have to, you have to be intentional, intentional, and it's all the little small steps that you have to take and talk about that are going to lead up mm-hmm. to the things that you're aiming for, like... I remember when um, Emily was just little, like a year old, and I um, I remember doing a quiet time one time and just um, really feeling convicted that it was important, because I guess I'd never thought about it before, first child and everything. It was important for me, even at that young age, to start getting her acquainted with spending some time with God every day. Mm -hmm. And so I started, you know, we'd get up in the morning and, you know, I'd give her a bottle or whatever and her little breakfast and stuff. And then we would every morning about the same time, part of the routine, we'd read a little children's Bible, you know, it wasn't anything, you know, over her head. It was just a little, 
Bible story. The red dog. And we do a little prayer, you know, just a little short baby right. prayer, you know. And even though she didn't get a ton out of it at that age, my was goal. was introducing her to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Was to introduce her to this. And she wasn't, she she hadn't committed her life to Christ at that point. Right. And so you could make the argument, well, that's something that you do after you know the Lord. But I wanted her to have that um that routine, that right. discipline, and know that that was something to do. Well, it's kind of like, I, I can remember, I just, you know, it's kind of like when my mother, I can remember being a kid, I never can, I cannot look back at any point in time, my mother played the piano from as long, as far back as I can remember, she played the piano for church as I was growing up. Um, that was how she served, that was what the Lord, that was her talent, that's her gift that he gave her. Um, she played at every church we have ever been a part of that's what she did um they she she just played and I can remember being there on Wednesday nights on Sunday mornings I can remember being there sometimes on Thursday nights I mean and it didn't matter mm-hmm. you know and we would play in the we would play she there'd be times where she would threaten us within an inch of our life and tell <laughs> us to sit and be still you know we would laugh and call it the hairball she <clears throat> that was her clearing the throat and if we heard that we'd straighten up, sit up real big straight. You know, we knew we were not being doing what we were supposed right. to be doing. Um, and we could hear it from up on the stage. You know, I mean, she was, we knew what she, we watched her do that our entire lives. You know, mm-hmm. we knew that she served the Lord by being up, being up right. on the stage and playing the piano, um, using her talent and her gift for yeah, what him. what a good example. Um, and, you know, that's just what we did. And so we were there during church services, we were there for practices. We were there when we weren't supposed to, you know, when nobody right. else was for her to work and do what she was supposed to be doing. Um, I say work. I mean, she was never paid for it. You know, she just right. did it. Um, and that's what, and I remember she said she wanted to set, I, she's talked to us about it before. She wanted to set that example for us. She wanted us to see that that's what we do. We not worked our way into heaven, which you've preached. You preach on that all the time. We were not brought up that way. We were taught the same thing. You're, you don't work your way into heaven. That's not what you do. But you use your gifts and your talents for him. Right. You know, you serve him. Um, and that's what she did. She wanted us to see, you know, we, mm-hmm. this is how we, we worship. This is how we worship. This is how we serve. We, we mm-hmm. worship him. And um, that's what I've tried to do for the babies, right. you know. Um, I've sang as long as I can remember. I may not have always sang in a choir or on a praise team, but I mean, mom put a, a microphone in our hands as soon as I can remember, you know, as, as soon as yeah. I could talk. And uh, me and my sisters, all three of us. And so I've tried to teach the my children that, that, you know, just because the door, you know, just because we go to church, it's not something that you just show up on a Sunday mm-hmm. and you see it and then you get up and you leave and you go yeah. home. You know, we go to church, we worship, and we serve. Right. And I've tried, you know, I've told Sean when we had the kids that at the time we, I was singing on praise team and we would have to be here at, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning. And I, I remember, um, I think it was Leah, she was still doing, she was doing the nursery at the time. And she always gets here early enough, so she's precious. So the kids can come in there and mm-hmm. they're not running around or too loud or whatever. And I would tell Sean, I would say, I'll send them in there to Leah for a little while, but I want them to come in there with us first because unless they get too wild or too antsy because I want them to be able to see this is what we do. Right. You know, I want them to see that mommy's up here singing, not but to see mommy singing, but to see mommy's up here worshiping. Mommy's up here serving the Lord. Mommy sings and she's, start, she's singing for the Lord. This is what we do. We're here right. early. 
not just to get here early. We're here early because we're, we're, we're doing right. what we, sh- the Lord wants us to do. You know, we're serving. And so that's what I've tried to teach them. You know, we come on, we come early. So we practice, we come mm-hmm. at a normal church time. We come on a diff- on another yeah. night for practice, you know, and I want them to understand that early. So that it comes, it's like a second nature to them. Well, and also you know? this becomes a second home for them. Exactly. They're very comfortable here. They're familiar with the building. They're familiar with the people, mm-hmm. you know, they don't come in here and not know what to do. I mean, they exactly. know what's expected, what's not. They have friends here. They look forward to it. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, that they enjoy. Right. And I think that as, as adults, we forget how much they mimic us, they, how much exactly. they learn from our example, whether it be good or bad. Right. And then I hear people saying, well, you know, I've got a baby or I've got little kids or they're too loud or they're whatever, whatever, or I'm so tired or I, it's just easier for me to watch at home or whatever. And that, you know, it doesn't, doesn't make me mad or anything it makes it really it makes me sad it is it's sad because I think to and I wouldn't really say this to them but I think you know you're missing out your kids are missing out like we we're all human here we're not Mm -hmm. perfect so it's cool to drag your kids along and they're gonna act like kids we get that that's fine right you know what I mean I mean I think this church is pretty laid back especially with that stuff um but um I love that. I love that your mom well, you know, gave you that two, example. Now's the time. This toddler time. This is the time you start pushing it. You know, oh, yeah. they start soaking it up, and um, this is the time they soak it in, and they yeah. just really just dig it. They can yeah. they dig into it, and they start seeing it, and they start right. mimicking it, and um, and it's they so do. easy, like you said, where they do they. It's so easy to get in that rut. Yeah. You stay home that one week, and then it gets easier to stay home. That next I'm just going to watch the live stream. Yeah, it's, I know. it's so yeah. easy. And that's what's so scary. That rut becomes the next week and the next week. Well, it's just so yeah. much easier. It's so much easier. And you know what? Because I've been there. Those babies, it's tough getting them all ready on a Sunday morning <laughs> and out the it door. Is. You know, It is. And you know. But I don't want in that rut. I think a lot of people don't realize that what goes on back here in Kid City is not babysitting. No. Like. If you really want to get Donna hot, call it child really, here. Exactly. She is an Excellent Bible teacher. Our kids see and so fantastic. is Haley, and yes. so are all the Sunday and school Leah, teachers. And Leah, the nursery's not just and Lindsay nursery. And all those I love people. that too. So this section yeah. is brought to you by the fine folks at North Lake Cove Baptist Church. They are. I, they're teaching they're amazing. the kids. Yeah, our kids are amazing. Our kids have got the best. Um, our kids, our kids, children's ministry has the best leadership. Right. They feed our. They are so such good teachers. They feed our kids the word. I mean, every Sunday, yeah. every Wednesday night. It's, it's not just a babysitter. You yeah. don't just go stick them in the nursery. Okay, see you. All right, see you so later. Let's sum Apparently up because yeah, we need to we need to start <laughs> need to buttoning her down. Wrap it up. Um, real quickly to sum it up. One is we you have to live in the moment. You have yes. you mm-hmm. have to plan on what you want your kids to, to to be, and then start working in that direction. You have to be intentional about the way you do things, and rem- have fun as you're doing it. Remember, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you guys use the term mommy guilt, and and it's we can do that through our Christian walk about anything. Mm-hmm. If I had, True. if I had, if I had, and so that's that's not what God, God has called us to to live, and so. Just focus on showing the love of Christ to your children. And, and I want to close with this. I remember, Anne, really well, you and I sitting out on the, um, out on the patio at the farm, and you be- 
tearfully saying, I feel like I can't really do anything for the Lord right now because um, because I've got these kids. I can't do anything mm-hmm. beyond these kids. And, and to any moms or dads who are feeling that way, I want to remind you that the biggest mission field you've got, you're serving God as you rear those children. I know that it feels like they're never going to go to sleep. They're they're gonna they're destroying my house. Um, <laughs> I'm never gonna have any alone time with my spouse. On and on and on and on. Trust me. Right now, you're building uh, believers who will be mighty warriors for God's kingdom. You're doing exactly what God's called you to do. And look at it that way. Amen. So uh, I'm now looking forward. I remind forward. myself of that. I do a lot better too. Yes. I have to keep myself reminded of that. That they are who my you know that's my. That's that, your mission that's field. That's my mission field, my kids. Because when yeah. I get in that rut, it's easy. Yes. It is easy. And it doesn't feel particularly spiritual to to clean somebody's honey. I mean, that's just no. the reality. No, but there's been Sundays I've been in that rut, and you have, the Lord knows what we need, because you've either said it in Sunday school on a Sunday or on a in a sermon, and I have thought, you know, he's right. They're my mission field, and I get a fresh, you know, I'm totally refreshed, and I here we yeah. go again. And I you think know. that the Lord's going to hold us responsible you know, whether is, we yes. were faithful yes. or we weren't. Exactly. All right. So in child rearing, go serve your king. Thank you for coming. And this has been the toddler episode of Not Another Church Podcast. Look forward to talking to you next week. This has been Not Another Church Podcast with your host, Pastor Tom. Thanks for listening and go serve your king.